The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Well, this show is going to be all about communication. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I really do appreciate it. Well, as I record this show, I'm pretty well exhausted. And so if I come off a little tired, well, I am. I've got a whole lot of things I have to do as far as in the hayfield and taking care of the cows and so forth and so on. And I stopped to record this and actually fell asleep. And I had to wake up to record this program. And so that's how hard I'm pushing. I have to get my harvest in and harvest season is always extremely hard. And when you consider I started harvesting hay in April, well, you can tell that I'm starting to wear down a little bit. Plus, I've been baling hay all day, and I got a lot of dust and everything in my sinuses. So this is going to be kind of a tough show to get through, but I have some great news. Very soon, the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show is going to add another transmitter on shortwave. 
And what that's going to do is increase the ability of people to tune the show in that's crisp and clear and clean. Because a lot of the United States has coverage from where I'm already broadcasting from, but but sometimes it's spotty at best. And this addition of the new transmitter is going to greatly enhance people's ability to tune in and also to hear maybe a little bit better in some areas. And I have to say a special thank you to Bob Bierman. And he's so animated when it comes to preserving radio in general, but shortwave in particular. The transmitters at WTWW have been kind of off and on for a year or so. And they've got a great facility, and they have they have the capability of six transmitters, and they're a large outfit. And Bob Bierman has been talking to the ownership, and I haven't been involved in any of the negotiations, so I really don't know any of the particulars. But I do know that Bob Bierman is going to be running programming on 5085, WWTW for five hours a night and I think that's seven days a week it's for sure five days a week and so the Living Off-Grid Power and Information show is going to be aired three times per week and I'm going to air some of my older shows as well as the new show because as I stated as I started the show I'm so busy there's no way I could physically do three shows per week that were all fresh and new. I just can't do that. But I'm going to keep it as topical as I can on the reruns that are going to be on WWTW. But I'm also going to be having my freshly recorded show is going to be part of this whole mix. And also two days a week, I'm going to run the music show. So Harmony Barn Sessions will also benefit greatly from the addition of WWTW. And so that gives me WBCQ, WRMI, and WWTW. And I hope that this edition that you're hearing right now is the first to air on WWTW but they're still working out a couple of minor details, and so it might be a week from now. But if everything goes to plan, what you're hearing right now might possibly be on 5085. And I think it's a great thing to grow, and I've been growing steadily ever since I started broadcasting. And I want to thank all of my loyal listeners I want to thank all the people for your prayers, and thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. Well, this show is going to be all about communication. And I was listening to the Canadian Prepper several days ago. And he was talking about communication in a crisis, and specifically how to stay in touch with one another if we have a full-blown kinetic war that I think is inevitable. And so therefore, I wanted to 
tell all of my loyal listeners that, first of all, I'm not going to go away. Yes, I do need donations to stay on the air, but everything I do in life is done in faith. Everything. And so why stop? Why stop now? I have faith that I will get the donations to keep going, and so I have no plans on stopping broadcasting. But the world situation might kind of come in and change things a little bit. But that's all that was going to happen is that things will change. It's not that I'm going to go away. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to be giving out my post office box. And I want everyone that wants to stay in contact to either keep a copy of this show or write down my address. And if we have an EMP attack or something, then you'll be able to at least send me a physical letter. And if I have to, this show will either be a reply by letter, and it'll be written, or I can send out a CD or a cassette of this show and still do it as a broadcast. Only it might not be broadcast if we have an EMP attack and it takes down all of our communications. Whether it be by broadcast or newsletter, whatever it takes, because I'm here for the duration. I never wanted to be a broadcaster. This isn't my dream. It is now. I really enjoy broadcasting, but if someone would have told me several years ago, you're going to be a shortwave broadcasting, I would have just shrugged my shoulders and thought, yeah, right, you know, no way. But God has opened doors and has nudged me in this direction, and I wouldn't have it any other way. In other words, I think I'm doing what God wants me to do. So therefore, I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to continue to be obedient. But how do we stay in communication if we have a kinetic war? If Russia or China or North Korea or any other country that wants to do us harm, what if they actively start attacking, whether it be cyber attacks or actual attacks? What's going to happen? Well, there's going to be all sorts of lockdowns. And never forget, lockdown is a prison term. There will be martial law. There will be massive censorship. But we're already suffering from massive censorship. So nothing's going to be new other than it's going to be more intense. And I think the government is taking people's names down. I think they're I think they have a naughty and nice list, and I think anyone that agrees with them and walks in lockstep with the oligarchs and the political elite, I think they're going to be put on the no-touch list. But anyone that has a brain that's willing to use it, anyone that speaks their mind and declares the emperor does not have any clothes, well, I think you get put on the naughty list and I think they're going to watch very, very close. And, of course, I don't think I'm on a list yet. I don't think I'm big enough. But with the addition of the WWTW, and I'm going to be on the air 
five nights a week now, and sometimes on multiple frequencies. And so I'm really upping my game. And in upping my game, I'm also upping the possibility that I will get on that list that the government's going to want to keep an eye on me because this guy kind of thinks for himself and we can't have that. Can you believe we live in this kind of a world that if you're a self-motivated person, if you're a free thinker, you're considered somehow a threat? I would remind the people in government and the oligarchs and the political elite that the entire world has been run on free thinkers. That's how we've progressed. That's how we've invented so many wonderful things. That's how we've conquered and tamed the land. That's how we made our economies. That's how we made our societies. Because we were a whole society of free thinkers. And unfortunately, that's frowned upon now. Just like entrepreneurs. Back when Ronald Reagan was president, that's all you heard about was entrepreneurs and how many people they wanted to have just show up and start businesses and become employers. But now it seems like an entrepreneur is just another person with a target on their back because only the big, the big oligarchs are the only ones that we're supposed to support. All the big box stores and all the big online organizations. Don't go to the mom and pop store. Oh, can't do that. Might be a free thinker or something on that store. But it's just fine to go to the brain dead box store that you're herded there like a bunch of cattle. And unfortunately, that's what the case is. But I'm kind of straying from my topic, which is communication. First and foremost, I've said this in other shows. Make sure you have a shortwave radio. And the reason I say make sure you have a shortwave radio is who knows if these EMP attacks are going to happen, number one. And number two, if they do happen, how localized are they going to be? In other words, how big of an EMP attack is going to be actually carried out? So, in other words, part of the United States, or all of the United States, might be blacked out by an EMP attack, but maybe South America, or maybe parts of Europe, or parts of Africa, or Australia, other parts of the world, may not be affected. And there are shortwave transmitters all over the world, and if we have EMP attacks and we have total disruption of internet, well, you can bet your bottom dollar that People are going to, and I'm talking about content providers, I'm talking about people that want to get the word out, are going to naturally seek out who has the transmitters and who's up and running and who can broadcast. And so you might have a facility down in South America that broadcasts solely in Spanish or Portuguese, but if things get really bad up, let's say, in the Northern Hemisphere, It's not out of the question that content providers will get a hold of that station and actually pay more money to broadcast in English and broadcast things for people that are in North America. 
And so something that might be broadcast totally in Portuguese or Spanish right now, coming from South America, could very easily be converted over to either multilingual or English only, or just pick any language you want, and money does talk. And there's lots of people with money that have power that would be able to go in and buy the airtime or possibly even buy the transmitter. And so people are going to do what they need to do to get the word out. And if you don't have a shortwave radio, chances are very good that you're going to be in the dark. And even if we have AM and FM radio, which if we have an EMP attack, it's going to knock them off the air. But let's say that we still have some stations in the United States that are AM and FM. Are you going to trust the local media? Are you going to trust the national media? I know that I don't, and I don't think that anybody that's still on the air, I don't think they're magically going to start telling you the truth. I think it's going to be more of the same. And that's why people like me and Bob Beerman exist, is because we're trying to be an alternative voice. It's not that we're smarter, but it's that we're honest. We look at the world from a Christian point of view, but we also are honest about what we see. When we see problems in Christianity as far as the church and and how people have fallen away, and we have churches that have gone woke, and churches that don't even believe in Jesus Christ out there, that we're willing to point all that out because we want to deal in truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that there's very few people awake, and that includes Christians, and there's very few people that are willing to stick their neck out because they're afraid of getting their head chopped off. And honestly, I'm not afraid of that. And so I'm willing to stick my neck out. But if you have a shortwave radio, at least you have an option. And as far as communications are concerned, it's options that we are looking at. We're looking at alternatives. We're looking at ways to stay informed. And people have talked about this zombie apocalypse for several years. And part of the people that talk about that are pretty well tongue-in-cheek. But if we do have a kinetic war and our system breaks down and we have hungry people roaming the streets and people fighting amongst themselves for the last roll of toilet paper or the last piece of bread, well, it's going to be like a zombie apocalypse at that point. And as Canadian Prepper has been doing over the last week or so, he's talking about what's happening in Philadelphia as far as the organized looting. And he's giving a report regularly about what the looters are stealing and what parts of town they're in. And it's interesting how society is breaking down, but yet the mainstream media wants to ignore it. And I'm going to tell you right now, you ignore all of this at your own peril. Because it's real, and it's dangerous. And put those two words together, it's real dangerous. We live in extremely dangerous times. 
but there's a possibility even our mail will cease to be delivered. And that's a definite possibility if we have people roaming the streets. I doubt if you get any of the mail carriers to go out and do their job, which is understandable. Bill saying about getting the mail through sleet and snow and so forth is very real and very true, but there's nothing in that saying about marauders or thieves or people who are homicidal that are willing to take anybody out, so to speak, just on a whim. So we are living in a time period that we've never experienced. We've had bad times in this country. Yes, we have, but we haven't had the mentality of, I'm going to call them the zombies. We just have not had that mentality before, but we do now. So get your shortwave radio. And about a year ago, I gave some recommendations, and so it's time for me to give a recommendation. I'm not going to re- I'm not going to recommend any brand name or any model, but just through my experience of listening shortwave, it's worth it to spend that extra money to get a digital tuner and not an analog. It does seem like more than AM and FM does that shortwave frequencies kind of stray a bit, but normally. They stay put, they stay true, but I know that with my analog transmitter, sometimes I'll lose the signal, so I have to bump the tuner just a little bit and fine-tune it back in, and I think the digital would be much better, would be easier to do that, and also with the digital tuner, you can actually write down the exact frequency, whereas an analog tuner, it kind of points you the right direction and kind of gives you a nice general idea of where you're at, but it's really hard to kind of go from, let's say, 5.25 to 5.85 and that kind of thing. It's very touchy. And I wouldn't go all out and buy the most expensive one because, again, it's shortwave and there's nothing against shortwave. It's it's my favorite radio by far as opposed to AM and FM. I like shortwave better. But there's not near as much programming on shortwave. But if we have a very bad problem in the world, and that's all we have, well, you're going to see dozens or more different content providers going to use shortwave to get out their product. And so as the crisis intensifies, I think we're going to see more broadcasters on shortwave. But recently, we've lost a few, like Alex Jones and some of the bigger names in alternative media have ceased using shortwave. And I think it's a huge mistake on their part, but in Alex Jones's case, he's being sued out of existence. And he's trying his best to cut every corner he can. But actually, I think he'd be better off to go shortwave only. I think he went the wrong direction, but that's just my opinion. But the people who are stuck on the social media sites to get their news, whether it's local news or regional or worldwide news, they're going to be totally lost, especially if they lose AM and FM radio as well. They're just going to be clueless. But the people that can take out their shortwave and be able to reach into areas of the world that are not affected by a war 
at least not as bad as the countries that will be affected that are actively involved in that war, then that will be a very great source for you to have. And in the past, I've talked about becoming a ham radio operator, and I want to touch on that again right here. I think that would be a great idea, is to become a ham operator. There are certain steps you have to do to become a licensed operator. And I think it's worth doing that. And I think it's a great hobby, something that everyone should look into. I am not a ham operator because, number one, I don't have the money to buy the equipment. Number two, I don't have the time hardly to turn around and to add something that intense as installing the antenna and getting my license and my training. And Although I would love to do that, it just isn't in the cards, but... For people that might have a little more money than me and a little more time than I have, I think it's really worth looking into. And it's not that it's horribly expensive, it's just I pinch every penny till it screams, and I don't have any pennies to pinch towards that direction. But I'm doing something similar as far as becoming a ham operator. I'm learning about where all the ham operators are in my community. And I'm getting to know a few of them. So if there is a crisis and I'm able to still communicate with my new friends I'm making that are ham operators, well, I will have the ability to at least go to their location and listen or possibly have them transmit something out. I don't know, but I think getting to know a ham operator is something that everyone should do. And for those who believe that society is going to collapse to the point where there's not going to be any FCC rules, that there's not going to be any FCC to, let's say, police the airwaves, that you can put up pirate stations as far as non-licensed, non-legal stations. There are people that are buying the equipment, so just in case they have to broadcast its life or death, type of a situation for their community, they'd be able to put their antennas up and go ahead and start broadcasting. While I don't recommend that, I do understand the mentality that some people have that they say if society collapses to the point of just utter chaos, well, no one's going to care if someone's broadcasting out of their house and they're trying to get out some information or learn some information that is going to save their community. So I do understand that way of thought, but I'm not going to recommend that because I'm not going to recommend ever that you do anything illegal. But that said, that is an option. I touched on briefly here several minutes ago about CDs and cassettes. And when you mention the word cassette, people automatically just kind of turn off. And I understand that we have been very much conditioned that any time there is a, let's say, an improvement in technology, we always abandon that older technology that we thought was so wonderful just a few moments before. We now think it's horrible and it's something that you're odd or you're backwards or something wrong with you if you use older technology. And the only thing that's wrong with cassettes, in my opinion, is the fact that the cassette players 
a lot of them are belt driven and so you don't get a true tape speed one tape machine might play a recording just a touch faster the next machine might play it just a touch slower then there might be a direct drive that's beltless as far as a cassette player that will play the content of the cassette perfectly it matters which deck you have as to what the final product, whether it be a song or spoken word or what have you, it, it will all depend on which deck you're using as to exactly what it's going to sound like. I know there's not a lot of variation, but people with a good ear can definitely hear it. And that's one of the problems. And then also, cassettes can get damaged, but I really am high on cassettes. And you might wonder why. Well, CDs, CDs are great. Digital is fine. But I do think that digital audio tape, which was DAT, which is not really around anymore, but that was a perfect marriage of digital quality audio, but still having rugged construction. Anybody that's bought a CD or DVD knows what happens if you put it down face down and it gets scratched. And it's very easy to scratch a CD. They're extremely fragile. And you can't leave a CD on the dash of your car or it'll warp. But you can leave a cassette on the dash of your car in most places of the country. There are some places that a cassette will actually melt or will be misshapen a little bit as the plastic overheats. But by and large, cassettes are a lot more indestructible than a CD. You can take a cassette and drop it on the floor and step on it and even grind it a little bit on the floor and it might scratch the case up a little bit but the actual tape will be just fine and it'll play just fine. Try that with a DVD or CD and you kind of get my drift on that. And so I would recommend if you have a chance to buy a direct drive cassette deck and get some blank cassettes. You might wonder, well, why would I do that? That way you can record what you think is information that you want to keep. You might be able to record directly off the radio or record with a microphone up to a speaker, just anything at all, if you want to save some content that you're hearing out on shortwave radio or any other medium. And I know that since I have cassette decks, and blank cassettes, and I also have recorded material on cassettes. I use them, and I enjoy them. And when I put in a CD, I don't hear that great of a difference. I really don't. And I think that this mentality that we are forced to have, this consumerism mentality that anything that was older technology is no good, that we shun it and leave it alone and walk away from it. I think that's really not thinking correctly. And so every form of communication from an 8-track on up, I think you should have the ability, and that includes vinyl, as far as vinyl recordings. And I'm talking 45s and LPs. And yes, a lot of people would think, well, that's just so old-fashioned. Well, it's going to work. Now, I'm just going to throw a real oldie at you, and I'll get my point across. 
if we have an EMP attack and it fries all the electronics and nothing else works, and I'm talking about totally fried, great-grandpa's Victrola over in the corner, you wind it up, you throw the little lever, and, and the wax cylinder or the wax disc will go around and you'll have a big old horn that you'll be able to hear. It'll be scratchy. It won't be pleasant as far as fidelity, but it'll work. So you can have the most sophisticated electronics in the world that an EMP attack is going to take it out. But great-grandpa's Victrola won't be affected one bit. Now, I'm not telling you to get a Victrola, but I'm making a point that some of this older technology is more rugged and is a lot safer as far as survivability of an EMP attack. And so any older technology that you think that you might need, I think you need to look into it. Everyone's going to have a different situation. But I know that I have decided that since I have the ability and the equipment to duplicate cassettes, and I have quite a few blank cassettes, that I am going to offer that to anyone as a way to get my spoken word broadcast if we have an EMP attack and we lose our methods of communication. Well, you could always get a hold of me by mail, and I could mail something out to you. And that's my plan. I won't have a very large audience, that's for sure. But if I mail out a CD or a cassette, and you listen to it and maybe duplicate it, if you have a cassette deck, you can duplicate and pass it on. And that's how we're going to be communicating, is by passing things on. And so it's a mindset. This whole new world that we're heading into is going to be different. I drove past the local art center, and they're doing a display of what they say are pre-war battleship designs. And of course, they're meaning pre-World War II. And I'm thinking, what are they going to call after this great big war that's about to happen? All of a sudden, all this pre-war talk about things that are made and designed before 1940 is going to go out the window. Maybe we're in pre-war right now. I think that's where we're at. So I'm going to give you my address, and I want you to write it down. It's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And I want you to keep it handy. Now, I'm talking about my hardcore listeners. Everyone else, you know, is invited to do that, but I know I have a very loyal group of hardcore listeners that never miss a show, ever. And they really depend on my words. I'm glad I'm touching so many people. And there are people that are sending me messages telling me, please don't go away, and, and we're counting on you. And those kind of messages make me know that I need to offer this in every which way I can offer my show. And I would ask that you donate to keep the show on the air because I only do this show for you because I want to help. But 
it comes out of my pocket. And so I would love for you to help me to help as many people as I can. And you can send a check or money order or cash. And you could write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. And again, my address is Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on veteranbrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to veteranbrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there. And on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show. And I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at veteranbrigades.com. If you're tuned to Frequency 7.490, you're listening to WBCQ. If you're on 5850, you're listening to WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're listening on 89.3 FM, you're in tune with Key Radio, Osage Beach, Welcome Missouri. Welcome to part two of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is Jim Calhoun, and today we're talking about communications and trying to have as normal of a life as we can if we have a massive war that these oligarchs and these political elites and the illegitimate people we have in government just can't wait to start this war. And, of course, you and me are the cannon fodder, and we're the ones that are going to have to suffer through it. But I think if we make steps right now, simple ones, to where we can go into that new world that they're going to push us into, which is going to be a world with a lot less technology, a lot of people say we're going to be pushed back into the Stone Age, and maybe so on certain things, but just like the Victrola example I used in the first part of the show, there are technologies that while they're not anywhere near modern, they're not Stone Age. We can look at all the great technologies we've had through the history of the world, and there will be a point in time that we will go back to that we do not need to have all the electronics and the computerized things to make them work. And a perfect example is that I have some monitor grain drills that were made by Minneapolis Moline. And of course, and of course, Minneapolis Moline bought monitor out. I'm talking about just many, many years ago. But my drills, which I used to plant seed as far as grains and things into the ground to grow crops, they are computerized, but yet they're absolutely safe for any type of an EMP attack. A lot of times when you use the term computerized, automatically you think electronics, whereas there are mechanical computers. Before they invented electronic computers, 
mankind invented mechanical computers. And mechanical computers are configured with gearing, not with electronic. And so I can configure my grain drill by changing out the gears. So it will monitor out the seeds correctly and plant the exact amount of seeds per acre by me changing the gears. And that's what I'm talking about, is finding technologies that are maybe not ancient, but they're definitely not used anymore. But I think it's silly they're not used anymore because they're so simple. And no amount of dust or EMP attacks or heat or anything else is going to alter the way this mechanical computer works. Many people don't realize that in World War II, all of our battleships were computerized. And people would go, computerized in World War II? Yes, mechanical computers, all done with gearing. You swap out several gears, and it will reconfigure. And that's really what all computers, whether they be electronic or mechanical, they configure things. And then after they configure it, they carry out the function. I have purposely based several of my businesses, if you want to call them that, on low-tech. And so I don't use GPS. I don't use any guidance systems. I don't have anything monitoring as far as electronically anything that I'm doing. I don't have any electronic ignition on any of my tractors or any of my vehicles. It seems to me that the old system of points and condenser work just fine. And almost everything I own is carbureted instead of fuel injected. And while a lot of people would be shrugging their shoulders saying, what is this guy talking about? I'm talking about technologies that work just fine, but they're not vulnerable to EMP attacks. They're a lot safer. They're like that cassette. They're harder to kill. A good carburetor that's mechanically set perfectly, as far as air-to-fuel ratio, is going to perform just as well as a fuel-injected car. I've owned both, and I would much rather have a carburetor. Same way with fuel pumps. Mechanical fuel pumps work just fine. They work just as well as electronic fuel pumps. As a matter of fact, they probably work better until they fail. But since all it is is a diaphragm and a lever and a housing, they're easy to change out. There's no wires to install. There's nothing to really do other than take off most of the time two bolts and just install a new fuel pump. But the modern way of doing things is everything's electronic and it goes through the computerized system and your fuel pump is in your gas tank which makes it very hard, in some cases almost impossible, to get to. Whereas the old mechanical pumps were just attached to the side of your engine. You lifted the hood, you took off the hoses or the metal line or however your car was manufactured, and you remove two bolts and you pull off the old unit, you stick a new unit on, and it just was easy to do was not an all-day affair, didn't cost a lot of money. A lot of times, if you can't do a, a modern fuel pump, it's astronomical what they charge you to change out a fuel pump that 
your grandfather or great-grandfather used to do all the time in 10 minutes under a shade tree. And so all of this technology that they say we're advancing, honestly, in my opinion, is more control mechanism. They want it to where you can't work on your vehicle. I remember a time when almost every man in this neighborhood, as far as this part of Nebraska, they all had a wrench in their hand and they all knew how to fix almost anything. And it was nothing to drive into town and every block or so you'd see someone out with their garage door open and their car out there, they'd be rotating the tires or they'd be changing oil or changing a fuel pump or whatever and they'd be working on their own car. And you had dozens of shade tree mechanics per square mile. I mean, dozens. And now people are scared to work on their own car. And in a lot of cases, they can't work on it. And with the case of some of the tractor companies like John Deere that are putting different codes on the parts that are installed onto your tractor, that your tractor won't function until you get a hold of John Deere and they have to activate that part for the tractor, which I think is criminal. I think that's horrible. In other words, if you're going to keep your tractor running, John Deere wants a piece of the action. Whereas years ago, you could put on whatever part that you could make work. I know that a lot of my machinery is so old, I have to make my own parts. And you might say, wow, that would be hard. Well, it's only hard if you don't know what you're doing. But I've had to do it my whole life, and so I'm pretty good at it. Some of my parts aren't as pretty as a factory part, but they function. And when you look at kind of what I'm talking about, look at Cuba. With all the embargoes Cuba's had and all the classic cars they've had to keep running for half a century or more, a lot of cars that are getting a lot of age in Cuba, but yet those cars are still operating. A lot of them have different engines and things now, but they're still operating because the people in Cuba are resilient, and if they have to make their own parts, they do. And so we have to be resilient this way. And communication is just a part of that resiliency. We can't let the enemy win. That's not an option. You might say, well, I can't do anything you're saying. I don't have the skill or I don't have the patience. Well, in relative times of peace we have right now, you need to acquire that skill. And if you don't have the patience, well, that's an internal thing you're going to have to work on. Because what's going to happen if we have a kinetic war, which, again, I think we're going to have one. We are going to be put in a different world in a millisecond. And I know all about that. And that's why I really want to tell everyone that we do have to do what it takes to survive. When I was in my 40s, I was really a go-getter. I mean, really hard worker. My, I could function at a very high level, physically, mentally, emotionally. And nothing phased me, and nothing could slow me down. And then I had that horrible accident, and in a millisecond, my life was totally changed. I was bedridden for two years. 
couldn't even get up to use the bathroom or anything for two years. And for the first year, even television, the flickering of the tel- the flickering of the screen on the TV just would drive me nuts because I had a brain injury. And it was very painful. It was about like shoving razor blades in my eyes. It just didn't work. And so I laid in bed and watched a ceiling fan for over a year. And just watched the ceiling fan go around and around and around. And I spent hours just looking at a ceiling fan. But as I was looking at the ceiling fan, I was telling myself, okay, the old you is now gone. You're a new you. It's up to you of what kind of life you're going to have. It's up to you what kind of attitude you're going to have. You can't lay here and feel sorry for yourself and wish that you were back to the way you were because it's not going to happen. And so I had to make peace with myself and come up with the ideas and things that I needed to instill to survive. Because in a millisecond, my world was totally changed. And that's what's going to happen if we get into a kinetic shooting war with Russia or China or both. Of course, you got to add North Korea because they're going to storm across into South Korea as soon as hostilities start. Plus, I think that our society is going to melt down and we'll have a civil war at the same time. I think we're going to be staring at some really awful things. And it's going to happen in a millisecond. And so we can either sit back and wring our hands and wish things were better and try to wish it away, or we can roll up our sleeves and take care of things we need to take care of. It's totally our choice. And I think we only have one choice if we want to survive, and that's to roll up our sleeves and do what it takes. But don't expect to be able to do what it takes without some preparation. And in this show, I've been primarily talking communication. And if you don't prepare for this new world that is going to be thrust on us, and just as a side note, I think that the post-war world that we're going to live in depends on who wins. But if the oligarchs win, if the Satanists win, then I think we're going to have a world full of horrible censorship, tyranny, and surveillance by robots, and police by robots, and things that we don't want to live through. And so we have to stand our ground now. It's like all of these politicians in all the world governments. They're passing laws against different manufacturers. They're passing laws against guns. They're passing laws about what they call climate change. They're passing laws about mandatory injections of an experimental drug that's not even a vaccine. These people think that they were given power to do anything they want if they get elected. And most of them know nothing about government. All they know about is tyranny. They say, well, I'm in here now, so it's my way or the highway. And that's their mentality. So we don't have good people in government. We have nobody that's going to come in and quote-unquote save us. And as I mention almost every show, it's up to you. And it's up to you to get enough communication gear 
And you're going to have to look at your needs. You can look at your wants as well, but mainly look at your needs. Look ahead to see what you may need in the future. Touching back on that cassette deck, I'm going to tell you right now that back years ago when people used to travel, as far as traveling salesmen and a lot of office people, they had these dictaphones, and they'd be able to dictate into a microphone and then listen back. That was kind of their vocal notebook, so to speak. And then they came up with these little micro cassettes before the digital age really came in and made all that obsolete. But just think about having this little cassette deck in your pocket that if you have an idea that you want to save, you don't have any way to write it down, you simply just pull that out of your pocket and push play, record, and record what you want to say and then hit stop and just keep about your daily business. And then later in the day or whenever you can, you can listen back to what you were talking about. And there are things you can do with cassettes that are wonderful. And you need to really consider what that is going to do for your life as far as being able to record material and pass it on to other people. And honestly, recording on CD and passing those on probably would reach more people because very few people have cassette decks. But I'm willing to guess that if we have an EMP attack and we have all the computer systems go down, you're going to have a lot of people say, what about cassette? I remember using cassettes. Maybe I should go find one. Well, that's the wrong time to find one because all the good units are going to be snatched up. And just a quick story. When this pandemic hit back in 2020, I thought that things were going to get worse than they actually got. And there was a store that I like to do business with. And I noticed he had brand new cassettes that he was stocking. And so I went in and I bought every cassette he had because I didn't know exactly what was going to happen as far as how long something might be out if we have an EMP or what was going to happen because we had the rioters in the streets and we had the quarantines and not a good time. And while I was paying for that, a gentleman walked in and asked the clerk, do you have any cassettes? And the clerk kind of laughed and said, well, I did have, but I just sold out every one I had to this gentleman. And the guy looked at me and he goes, gosh, he said, we both had the same idea that we're going to have our technology pushed back to at least cassette. And I said, yeah, that was my thought. And that was in a town of about 15,000 people. So you can take what you want from that story. But what I'm trying to get at is that there are going to be other people going to compete with you for this technology that you may be forced to use. And if you have older technology and you tell yourself it's old and obsolete, therefore it's bad or wrong, you'll never use it. But if you have older technology and say, here's another tool, another tool that's available that I can use, well, that's a different headspace. And you'll actually use that technology. I use cassettes quite often. And I don't have any problem with it. As far as all of my studio equipment, I've never thrown anything away. I've never thrown anything away, so I have the ability to 
mass-produce cassettes and do all sorts of things. I even have a DAT machine and have quite a few digital audio tapes. And so I think it's good for as far as communication and storing information. We need to think outside the box. I know this show has been a little different, but as I stated, I had to wake up to do this show. I set up all my recording gear and was going to record this show and promptly fell asleep. That's because I've been mowing hay in the afternoon, raking it in the morning, and then bailing at night. And last night I bailed until about 2 o'clock in the morning, and something happened to the alternator on my tractor, and my battery went dead on the tractor, but the bad part of the whole thing was I took the battery out of my car to put on the tractor, and so here I was in the middle of nowhere, stranded, and I had to call for assistance and had a great friend come and give me a jump start in the wee hours of the morning, and that's how my day started. And I've had other issues with predators getting into my hen house and taking at least half of my flock away. So I've been dealing with that, and I've got some renegade cows that don't want to stay home. I've been dealing with that. And I'm kind of at a point where I'm overextended, at least until harvest is over. But I do appreciate your patience with me and hanging in there. And I hope that you give me a listen on 5085, and I hope you listen to my music show, which is Harmony Barn Sessions. And I've got an awful lot of plans in the future as far as providing content on shortwave. And I'm just glad to be part of this medium. And I'm glad you tuned in today. And if you would like to donate to keep the show on the air, I would really appreciate it. And you can send a check, money order, or cash. And you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. And you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. Thanks for listening. And until next time, everyone think outside the box. Think positive, but think worst case scenario. You have to prepare for that. Keep a great attitude. Stay teachable. Stay strong. And never ever forget. Replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.